Welcome to Not Work Storytelling. This is the show where we untangle our myths and reweave our stories, one ancient tale at a time. I'm your host and lead storyteller, Marisa Gowdy. I'm a myth worker, a story healer, a coach for writers and creative entrepreneurs, and the author of The Sovereignty Knot, A Woman's Way to Freedom, Power, Love, and Magic. If you love what you hear and want to support the show as we enter our third season, I'd be so grateful if you become a paid subscriber on Substack. In my newsletter, Myth is Medicine, you'll receive bonus content related to the stories on the show and deep dives into how mythology and folklore can help the individual and the collective in the present moment and beyond. There's a link in the show notes to follow Myth is Medicine on Substack. Or you can simply visit mythismedicine.substack.com. Before we dive into today's show, I want to be sure that you know about my online creative community, The Heroine's Knot. Every week, we explore a new heroine's tale and search out its archetypal and personal meaning. This is the space to deepen your own creativity and build lasting relationships with wise souls seeking both individual growth and collective healing for our society and for our more than human world. Learn more at my website, marisagowdy.com. Season 3, Episode 1, Bridget, Rebirth of the Mother. Our guest storyteller is Laura Murphy. Laura is an activist, healer, and the poet-in-residence for Herstory, the powerful movement in Ireland telling stories of modern, historic, and mythical women. Laura is a passionate campaigner for Ireland's mother and baby home survivors and other issues surrounding equality, environmental, and social healing. She was also part of the recent successful campaign to make Bridget's Day a national public holiday in Ireland to be celebrated for the very first time on February 6th, 2023. Laura's work is centered around the ancient Irish poetic practice of Imbus Forosni, which means inspiration that illuminates. Comparable to the Buddhist concept of enlightenment or contemporary flow state, Imbus Forosni is said to be a gift of the goddesses Bowen and Bridget. It was a practice mastered by the ancient poets of Ireland to bring truth to power and healing to society. I am beyond excited to welcome Laura Murphy back to the podcast. My friend, your Bowen story from last season has lit my soul on fire, and I know that it has done the same for people across the world at this point. And I am so grateful you're here to share with us a story of Bridget. As is our way on the podcast, you will tell us this story and then we'll explore all the ways it still matters and how it's written for this very moment and for that ancient lady. So Laura, will you share with us a story? It's a great honor to share this story, Marisa, and thank you so much for having me again. I come to you today from the heart of Ireland, where for many years I've been wandering the fields, woods and riverbanks, listening to the whispers of the goddess. I once heard that a story had been placed in my heart for safekeeping, and when the time was right, it will be there for my finding. Last week, on the snow-capped mountains of the Schlieve Bloom, I narrowly escaped death. 
It was at this moment of rebirth that I found the story. And with it, a message. Rebirth of the mother is how the planet will heal. When we place her back in her rightful position as she who creates, she who gives, she who loves, she who nourishes, she who sustains, she who is, we will heal. There was a time when your ancestors held the mother goddess as sacred, held nature and her earth body as sacred, until patriarchy tried to obliterate her. Denying the mother was the single most detrimental act to the survival and thrival of your planet. You have been told who Bridget's father is, but you know not who her mother is. She has been deliberately hidden from your people for generations. The time has come to remember. For that which truly is can never be erased. Her story lies in your heart. As your heart opens, her story awakens. Listen, tell it as you find it. So with that being said, here is her story. It is called Bridget, Rebirth of the Mother. When the baby Bridget was conceived, her father, Dagda, asked his wise druid to look at the stars and tell him what the future held for her. The wise druid answered, your child comes from the Milky Way, the way of her mother. She will shine as a sun among stars, bloom as a rose among flowers, glow as a spring among rivers, rise as an oak among trees. She will surpass every child in Ireland, indeed, heart, mind, and beauty. She will walk a path of sorrow, but from her sorrow comes insurmountable joy. From darkness, she will bring great light. She will transform fear into great love. Everyone will know her name. She will be pushed into the shadows for a time. But when the flame of her meteor flies green over the Isle of Destiny, she will rise once more and she will be remembered forever. The wise druid looked at Bridget's mother and said, You will give birth to an illustrious daughter who will shine in the world like the sun in the vault of heaven. As has been foretold by the sages of old, her birth will be followed by your death. Know that the grace of your little one will set you free. 
And there will come a time where she will bring you life. She will be born in one tender moon. Dagda took Bridget's mother in his arms and said, Let us stay together in this chamber until our child is born. Rest in my arms, my beloved. Lishias Alanon, Agus Legdushki. Bridget's mother fell softly into Dagda's strong arms before laying her head on his lap. His harp melody infused harmonic waves of healing into the core of her being and into the heart of their little Lanav, whom she called Blaw Imavolok, Flower in My Belly. They dwelled together in the comfort of their deep love as the cold winds blew outside, the frost melted and their lanav grew. Dagda nourished her. He brought her fresh water and sung her to sleep. She created poetry for him. Her spoken word reverberated through each of his cells as starlight glimmers on snow. On the 28th night, they did not sleep. As they saw the Cygnus stars begin to appear over the horizon, they knew that Bridget was on her way. Dagda settled his beloved onto the birthing stone in the heart of the chamber facing the entrance. There, at the exact moment that the sun crested the horizon, Bridget was born. The sacred water of her mother's womb flowed forth, blessing the earth with each drop. A blazing column of light radiated from the rising sun to touch Bridget's head as she was crowning. Bridget's little body glided with ease into the warm, open hands of her mother. Her mother held her high for the Sky King to see. Then she brought her baby close, swaddling her in the scent of her skin and the love of her heart. Bridget nestled into her mother's warm breast and was nourished by her sacred milk. Dagda gave thanks to the sun, the earth and to his beloved. As she held Bridget in her arms, he held them both in his. He looked out of the chamber and saw a bright meteor of flaming green fly in front of the sun. Bro Seget, he exclaimed. She is the fiery arrow long prophesied to bring truth, 
healing, love and light. Let this be her name, said her mother. Bridget, the fiery arrow. Bridget, the exalted one. Bridget, the great flame of Ireland. Bridget, law imavulog. From this day forth, Imba will be her day. Dagda asked his beloved if she was ready. Can I take Bridget to the care of her foster mother now? He asked. She answered, yes, it is time. My heart breaks for the loss of her. But I know a love like ours is never truly lost. Before she goes, I will give her my blessing. With the sacred waters of her womb, she anointed various parts of Bridget's body, tracing the shape of the Cygnus cross on each part as she spoke these words aloud. Your feet are blessed for the journey. Your yoni is blessed for Shakti. Your belly is blessed for power. Your hands are blessed for healing. Your heart is blessed for love. Your throat is blessed for expression. Your mouth is blessed for speech. Your ears are blessed for hearing. Your eyes are blessed for vision. Your head is blessed for knowledge. Your crown is blessed for wisdom. Your soul is blessed for union. It is done. It is done. It is done. She held Bridget close to her heart one last time and saw a vision of the future. Bridget was standing by a rowan tree on top of a sacred hill, her arms raised, speaking these words to the unmasked as the fiery arrow of green flame descended on the earth once more. I am Bridget, daughter of Bowen. I am her milk that nourished me. I am her light that sustains me. I am her heart that loves me. I am her blood that birthed me. 
I am her breath that enlivens me. I am her bones that hold me. I am her womb that bore me. I am her water that carries me. I am her spirit that fuels me. I am her holy imbus fire. I am her vessel of love, as she is mine. I am her. She is me. Vita fruita. Our mystery. I am she. I am she. I am she. Is Misha Bridget. I am my mother's daughter. Is Misha own water. In my birth, she died. In my rebirth, she is reborn. Bowen's sorrow eased, knowing that Bridget would keep her flame alive. Bridget would never let her mother be forgotten. With that, Bowen kissed Bridget on her forehead and gave her to Dagda. Dagda and the wise druid prepared to bring Bridget to her foster mother. Before they left, the druid raised his arm in the shape of the Cygnus cross over the precious family, blessing them as he spoke the holy trinity of creation. In Anaman Moher, in Anamanaher, August on Poshta Nave, Awen. In the name of the Mother, the Father, and the Holy Child, Awen. Oh, sister. You leave them speechless, my dear Laura. You really do. <laughs> oh. And this is how we transition from your last story to this one of saying there are no words, but our job right now is to try to weave the words. And I believe what I said last time too was perhaps those listening want to pause for a bit and just sit mm. with this story and be with this story for a while and then come back to this conversation. Yeah which I think is just a beginning because this story is such a brilliant beginning. And in the last story where you offered us the remembering of Bowen and here you give us the rebirthing. Ah. Wow. Let's start here because there's everywhere to start. But I want to thank you for giving us a story and giving me the such the felt sense of being lover and mother and daughter 
woven Fichifuicha so brilliantly in such an embodied way in this story of love and birth and death and rebirth. Yes. It's an honor. It's an honor. And again, your invitation for the Bowen story on the last podcast initiated the birth of that story at that time and that was the perfect time for that story to come through and then the invitation for this time is in such divine alignment for Bridget and I don't think it's by accident that on the day that this podcast airs February the 1st which is the first day that Bridget will be officially honoured as a national holiday in Ireland, a comet appears back on the earth for the first time in 50,000 years. Yes. The colour green. green. <laughs> <laughs> so if there was ever any doubt of the divine timing of your invitation and this story and the rebirth of Bridget, let there be no doubt. The stars, it's written in the stars beyond and beyond. Now, of course, we can see each other on video. And as you're mm -hmm. reading the story, I'm looking over your shoulder because there's some beautiful images that are beside you to the left. And they seem very small, but I mm -hmm. think there's a chance that this is the exact image you have over your left shoulder. Is that the that dreamer from Kathleen Matthews Celtic Wisdom deck card? It's is actually that not. That's from my sister, Dima Rooney. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, she was talking, that image was talking to this image the entire time we wow. were speaking. And I just couldn't, I thought it was the same exact image, but the they star. are the same image. Look at yeah. the two stars. Exactly. Ethan Matthews is one of my most eminent teachers on Imbus. And she is such a big inspiration. So I have no doubt that her energy is filtering through today's story yeah. and weaving and I think there's magic to be I will compare these two pieces of art because Dee the creator of this piece that I have in my hand as I was writing that story of Bridget this morning she messaged me to say I don't know what's happening but I'm gone into a vortex of imbus I feel like I'm after taking a dose of mushrooms and as often happens with us we if we will midwife each other's creations even unconsciously, we feel the energy of it. And that that's what was happening with her today as I birthed this story. And she was drawing away and Bridget was coming through. And when I was on the, the, the stage at the Abbey calling for Bridget's Day to be a national holiday, she was drawing Bridget as her horned goddess. And I had a, a chain of Bridget as horned goddess and she didn't know. So Dee's energy is weaving through with Caitlin's today for sure. And that's why, because they don't, the two right. pictures don't even look alike, but you and, saw them at, from a distance. And yet I feel like there's a commonality in calling in Dee, in calling in Caitlin, in calling in the sense that all of this is so eminently interwoven yes. in every way. Look at the vulva shape there on the star. And there we have the vulva in the tree on Caitlin's and on the star. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
the holographic doesn't always translate purely in audio because of course you gave us, was it a 12 part blessing when Bowen was offering to her daughter that sense of may your feet be blessed for the journey all the yes. way to the may your soul be blessed for union. And if I'm correct, there were 12 of those. Yes, there were. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I, I I remember years ago hearing a cellular memory, like there's 12 waves of cellular memory. And because knowledge of who Bowen's mother was written out of our mythology and our folklore, the only place of authority that we could get information on who her mother is or was is from our cellular memory. So I wanted to bring in that as much as possible. And the 12 as a sacred number embodied in this blessing. It was like I was going back quantumly in time and Bowen was encoding the cellular memory from Bridget through her archetype into whoever connects with her, that they would remember who she is and who her mother is. Mm. Oh, that makes so much sense to me. And I've always wondered, Bridget's associated with 19 because of the mm -hmm. 19 women who tended the flame. And that's always felt so, I guess, idiosyncratic to me, that sense of like a mystery of 19 I haven't yet discovered. Because in my heart, it was always, well, there's 12 and she's the 13th because of the universality associated with that number. And I yeah. rather love that Bridget has her own number that seems like it's outside of systems we know. Mm -hmm. And yet there's also that sense of that encoding of knowing we're made of 12, our universe is made of 12. And that's where my healing work is so rooted into that from Peru and how it connects to the sacred spaces around the world in our own bodies in the Celtic tradition as well. Exactly. And the 12, this year we had the Omen days, which is the 12 days of Christmas, like after conception, it takes 12 days for the cells to multiply. And on day 12, they form the embryo. Mm. But I think that the number 13 is like the sacred number of 12 and 13 being the number of the goddess. And then we have the 13 moons. Yes. And I didn't explicitly say it, but what is implied in this story is that Bridget was actually born after the 13th moon. So Bridget is born on the first moon. In my body, it feels like Angus was born on the 13th moon on solstice. Mm. And then Bridget was born on the first moon. She's the beginning. Ah. Uh, both conceived on winter solstice. In yes. New the new octave, right? She was that yeah. next octave of the yeah. story. Yeah. Can I tell you my 13th omen? Yeah. So Laura did this fantastic project called Omen Days. If you look back on her Instagram, you'll find it. And I think that the imbus and the magic will come through, even if you're not doing it right on December 26th through to January 6th. Mm -hmm. On the 13th day, which I guess would have been January 7th, I was actually driving to my mystery school training. I go for a weekend once a season. I was driving along and there was a body of water I'd never really noticed before. And there were swans flying right beside my car, essentially, over this body of water, just as they do over the Korob River, because that was the only place I'd ever really experienced that flight of the swans right beside you and the sound of them. 
And that was my 13th omen. And it was just, I'm describing it to you right now and my body can't even contain it. Wow. And the fact, like I never mentioned anything about the 13th omen, but the 13 in the omen days is where the power is. Like that's the power. It's the 13th day, the 13th moon that was written out of our calendar. Mm. And to bring the synchronicity back to this story, before the story was ever written, I was voice messaging with my beloved and he, I was kind of explaining the energy that was coming through and he was reflecting back to me and he said the words rebirth of the mother. And as he said those words, I looked over at the lake, I was sitting at the side of the lake. And as he said, rebirth of the mother, the swan on the lake just unfurled her wings like in great glory. And I'm like, that's the name of the story. I didn't have the story written. I didn't know how Bridget was going to rebirth her mother. But that was the sign. That was the omen. As came through for you on the 13th day. Mm-hmm. But there's no coincidence there. None. And the None. swan energy, Bridget being the swan, Bridget being Cygnus. Yes, of course. Mm. Of course. And Angus being the swan, Angus and Care and yeah. Oh, there's almost too much to hold. And yet that's the magic. And that's what we asked. We asked for this work to try to hold this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I want to, again, thank you for offering us the gift of the Dagda and the sacred masculine and how beautifully you hold his story. And I know, you know, some of your own story and why that's so powerful and potent. And I love that you offer us Dagda as as midwife and helping her with the birthing stone. And I want to explore that more with you, but I just want a, a future episode coming out. Perdita Finn, who uh, with her husband co-wrote a book called The Way of the Rose about the divine feminine mystery in the rosary, will tell us a story of the rosary mysteries. And a very key part is Joseph as midwife to Mary. That's, again, I don't know where to start because there's so much. That's exactly why I wanted to bring Dagda in. There was a great severance and a great harm done to the collective psyche of our nation when Bowen was written out of our mythology, when the mother of our preeminent goddess was written out. And also... The masculine was left in, but his role as beholder of the mother and beholder of the beloved was written out. Mm. And so much harm and hurt for the thousands of years after has ensued in Ireland, manifested most, I suppose, recently in the mother and baby home scandal, where in Ireland it was easy for the system and the powers that be to invalidate the motherhood of people who got pregnant outside of marriage. And the fathers of those children were not given the chance to behold and to midwife and to care for the mothers. Mm -hmm. And there's deep wounding in our society as a result. And even today, I think, because it's so difficult for the masculine and the feminine in these last remnants of patriarchy 
so many men do not know how to behold the mother in motherhood and behold the mother in pregnancy. And I wanted to write, I wanted to write that beauty of divine masculinity back into our story. It was always in our story, I believe, but it was written out. So I, I engaged in my cellular memory. I drew from my own love and my own connection with the divine masculine to understand how Dagda was in those moments and to understand how important he was and is to the birthing story and to write that back in. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for just reminding. You know, it's always that sense of Right, the foreignness of the fathers in the hallway with the cigar, or that sense of even that, yeah. or even that whole the impurity stories that were written in that the all the bad luck of a of a birthing woman and all those levels mm -hmm. of of superstition in the same way that thirteen mm -hmm. was considered to be an, an evil number, and in the same way yeah. that we've just been well given false myths to layer over yeah. and obscure the true. Exactly. And that legacy of sex being a sin and uh, childbirth being dirty and disgusting, the legacy still lives in Ireland. I mean, it, was, it wasn't that long ago where after childbirth, women in Ireland were churched. Yeah. And that was where they were not allowed to enter the church for six weeks after giving birth until they were blessed and cleansed by a priest, a male priest, and allowed, deemed worthy to come back in. Well, and of course, that's a Bridget story too, right? So in the first episode of the first season of the podcast, my first Irish teacher, Kate Chadbourne, tells a stories of Bridget from a, a very, well, Bridget is so multifaceted, we can tell it from a million angles, but she tells the story of Bridget as best friend to Mary, who put the flaming harrow on her head in order to walk with Mary into the church on the day she was allowed to return to Mass, because Mary was so nervous and didn't want to be the center of attention. So Bridget lit her head on fire, literally, and said, don't worry, I've got this. I'll create a diversion. You just sneak in the back. Oh, wow. And that's why, as thanks, Mary said to Bridget, your day will always come before mine. February 1st is your day. February 2nd is mine. Oh my goodness. Isn't that just incredible? And the, the, the connection between the two women. And it was easy for us to reject Christianity and because of all of the hurt and the patriarchal mess that's been created. But there's something so beautiful and rich in the authentic message of Christianity. And that version of Christianity existed very strongly in Ireland as the Druids existed and before the Roman Catholic Church came in. And that's why the blending, I think, was so easy for the Catholic Church, because the Irish people had lived in harmony with the true essence of Christianity, with Jesus and Mary Magdalene and Mary and Our Lady. And there was such a similarity between the two wisdom traditions. I love that those connections between Bridget and Mary, Bridget as the foster mother of Christ, Bridget being called Mwiran Anail, you know, Mary of the Gales. I love how that legacy endures because I think archetypally and energetically, 
there's huge richness and similarity in both traditions. And I don't think we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. Yes, the Catholic Church has a lot to answer for and, and wrote falsehoods in and obliterated and omitted the divine feminine. But let us go back to that time in Ireland where we connected in with the Essene version of Christianity, the early version of Christ's message that was so similar to the Druids. And I think that's where, is it Perdita Finn that's coming on? She speaks about the rose and, and the rose is coming up so strong for me around Bridget. And I think it's, it's I love that idea of the early Christianity bringing forth the divine Sophia, the feminine emanation of wisdom. And I think that connects that gnosis, what Plato or the Essenes called gnosis, connecting with Bridget's gift of imbus, the idea of the divine feminine coming through as wisdom. Oh, Laura, this is so perfect because in Perdita's book, In the Way of the Rose, they rewrite, she and Clark, her husband, rewrite the glory be, which is, of course, one of the prayers said in the rosary. Glory be to the Father and to the child and to the Holy Mother, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh, so much gratitude for them for doing that. I mean, this idea of the rose line the ancient lineage of Christ, which is said esoterically to connect back to the energies of Venus and the divine feminine. Those energies were hugely prevalent in Ireland at the time of the Tuatha Dé Danann. And it feels like as Bridget rises and as the divine feminine rises, it's the rising of those Venusian energies again, the energies of harmony, of balance and of love. That's why I have the word rose in my handle up for Instagram and as my pen name, it's like that essence of the divine feminine and all of her mysteries. And I think the rose existed in Ireland as a wild rose at the time of uh, that Bowen and Bridget would have been around at the Tua de Danon. And Bridget's tree, the Rowan tree, is actually a member of the rose family as well. Yeah, and her, and the berries are like there's a five a five petaled rose as a blossom, and in the berry then there's a, a a pentagram shape as well. So it's all connected to nature and wow, you know, even Newgrange actually Newgrange Brunaboyne, which in Irish translates as womb of Bowen, every eight years, which is the cycle of Venus. Every eight years, the light of Venus comes in with the light of the rising sun through the roof box into the center of the chamber, the center of the womb of Bowen. And right over the roof box, there are eight markings, eight crosses, which symbolize each year of Venus's cycle. And on every eight years, the morning star rises with the sun, which I feel is like the divine feminine Bridget or Boeing coming in with the, the sun of Dagda and, and the sunlight, the energy of the sun entwining with the energy of the divine feminine to create this balance and harmony. And that's what our ancients were trying to do in harnessing the sunlight and harnessing the starlight on winter solstice, on this PowerPoint of the wheel of the year. And it was the triple spiral that was illuminated by this starlight and sunlight on solstice and the triple spiral of death, birth and rebirth, of 
the the father, mother, and the holy child of the triple goddess. You know, there's so much. So much. Oh, somehow what I'm aware of, and as you describe that, is that sense of the constancy of the sun. Every solstice, every day, we have the sun in, in its cycles. Of course, it's the earth in her cycles, but as it may be. But then that mm -hmm. sense of, well, it's the comet only every 50,000 years. It's Venus only every eight. It's that sense of the poignancy that your stories bring that has this deep world-shifting passion of Bowen and Dagda being so brief and so heartbreaking mm -hmm. and yet so generative. And we think back to, you know, whether it's been loves that have only lasted a season or moments in time that we wanted to have last forever but couldn't because, of course, that's not the nature of life. Mm. And then paired with the sense of we want to make these eternal vows as humans, there's something in us that wants to say, oh, forever. Mm -hmm. And just the way you bring those together just brings me to tears because there's just something about that, the deep, deep truth of that and all its beauty and all of its immense difficulty and the way that love and grief sit beside one another. Thank you for articulating that because... That was probably a big intention of the Bridget story and particularly the Bowen story with the birth of Angus was this, again, a deep mystery, an esoteric truth that in years gone by, our elders would have had stories and ways to communicate this concept of there being an ever available eternal essence to each moment mm. right so there's two paradoxes right. and you know it's it's like the william blake poem eternity in the palm of your hand i can't remember it now but it's like angus was conceived and born in one day and in my remembering or reimagining of the story it was actually one moment that this love between Bowen and Dagda was so deep and so eternal that because they connected to that essence of their true love in the moment, they touched eternity and they created the God of love. They created this light that would sustain the people of Ireland forevermore. But it was only a moment mm. on the other level. It was only a moment, but on another level, it was forever and it was eternity. And I think that's as close as I can come to getting an understanding of that ineffable concept of there being a layer of eternity accessible to us all in this 3D notion of time. Yeah. Oh. I want to call in just to go back to the rose and to go back. I, I love how you called Bridget the rose among flowers and that how Bowen called her Bla Imabolog, right? The flower in my belly. Yeah. And how you call in just your poetry is just always so stunning. And the way that you give us this sense of, oh, I know what she's saying there. You know, that, that part of me that always just gets excited of like, I can follow the constellations that she sees too. And how you give us in bulk contained within Bowen's sacred speech to her beautiful child in their shared moments. Yeah. 
there anything more you want to say about that and the, the how that came through and the belly and yeah through the omen days this year which was inspired by Caitlin Matthews funnily enough and when I started doing them two years ago I felt something magic but I had no idea of the ancestral memory that would unfold on year three mm. not just about the omen days but on Imbus for Oste in general and on the goddess in general and on the powers that we have latent within us and through those insights it was very clear to me that poetry is creation that is spoken. Yes. And also that prophecy is creation that is spoken. So the ancient poets of Ireland were said to have the powers of prophecy and they were said to have the powers of manifestation. So if they spoke badly of a person, that reality would unfold, whether it was blemishes on their faces if they needed punishment, or whether if there was a praise poem, the person would be blessed with abundance. So it was understood that the poets had powers of prophecy and of manifestation. But what really came through to me from the omen days was that prophecy, we think of prophecy as prediction, as predicting the future. But because Imbus Ferocni is a gift of Bowen and is a gift of Bridget, Imbus is the energy of creation. And I think of this notion of abracadabra, the root word of, of the word abracadabra is like, I create as I speak. Mm. And what was it about the ancient poets of Ireland that gave them this power of prophecy and manifestation? Something about the spoken word, there was something about divining gnosis and higher consciousness coming from a connection deep within themselves and a connection to the earth. So I believe that they had ways and practices to connect so deeply with something and to bring that forth in the words that they spoke to have effect in the world around them. So that's why I very consciously put in connected in bulk, the feast day of Bridget, connecting in with the root word, which is imavulug, the Irish words in my belly. And that being spoken is like a validation of the fact that, that Bowen is Bridget's mother, Bruna Boina. Bowen is the womb. Why is in bulk called imbulug in my belly? It's Bridget in the womb of Bowen. So it's it, there's something inferred in bringing to light again the root word of imbulk and its connection to the belly being the point of creation that point in the wheel of the year at spring bring, being the point of creation well what's the energy behind that it's the energy of the divine feminine it's the energy of the mother and it's the energy of conception where we need the divine masculine mm. as well the light and the sun of the divine masculine mm who can facilitate the conception yes. and who honors and beholds the womb space, which is the incubator of creation. And I think that's what was lost. Well, as we, unfortunately, for now, have to close this conversation, but we know we'll always have Laura back. I just want to bring us to this 
this idea of imbus. And I had heard the word before you and I met, and it only became real through our relationship, which I think is something many people can say after they've met Laura Murphy. I said, oh, I knew what imbus ferocity was. And then I started to know what imbus was. Mm -hmm. But this idea of its prophecy is creation that is spoken, right? Is that the line? Yeah. That I taught I led a women's circle about Bridget last week, and that was the line that I specifically wrote down and quoted from you in order to hold this space and to start to try to transmit what I can of Imbus and of Bridget's story. And I was calling in Bowen as well, because of course, well, you gave us what everyone's longing for, right? Is who is Bridget's mom? Because I have always adored you know, from the hagiography, from Bridget Saint stories, at least we have Bruxach. We have her mother giving birth to Bridget in the doorway, in that liminal space. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you gave us what, well, I guess it's what's been missing in the story, but it's also what's always been present in the story. Because I think what you offered us today is that sense of just, you know, if we just push back the earth just a little bit, it's always been underneath there, like the great limestone. That's exactly it. And that's why I, I wanted to bring through a story of simplicity. I didn't want to add too many layers of details in it because it's always been there. I don't need to labor the point. She has been there. All I needed to do or any of us need to do is just pull back the layer a little bit and reveal and speak the words that the most important words in this in the story was the proclamation by Bridget. I am Bridget, daughter of Bowen. And again, poetry is creation that is spoken. Prophecy is creation that is spoken. So by me as a human being and as a woman of Ireland in the 21st century, speaking the words, embodying the energy of Bridget and proclaiming that she is the daughter of a mother. She is the daughter of Bowen. That claims her space back in the place that was taken by patriarchy. That revives Bridget's essence, her eternal flame that never fully went out. Mm -hmm. It may have been reduced to a flicker for a while, but it never went out her proclaiming herself, her name, her name is the fiery arrow. It's in the um, under perfect mind, that ancient Gnostic gospel. And it's, I am the utterance of my name is the sacred line. Mm. And it's all about the power of sound and the power of proclaiming your name. Bridget is the exalted one. She is the high one. She is the fiery arrow and the flame that never dies her mother named her and she is naming her mother and through her naming and her claiming her space her mother is being reborn and remembered from your lips to all of our ears from the goddess's lips to all of us and all creation thank you my friend thank you Thank you so much, Marisa. Thank you. I invite everyone to spend some time with Laura's poem, Is Misha Bridge. We'll include it at the end of the show. But I highly recommend 
that you also check out the entire Light Show presentation from Imbolc 2022. We'll include the YouTube links in the show notes. I am of the sky, I am of the earth, dreaming in truth since the day of my birth. Is Misha on Allah Saspare, Is Misha on Nahar Fuin Talav, Is Misha on Solas O Nialach? Is Misha Nyart Nadarak Tagum Mon Balak Nabofina Tugum Balak Nafarina I am the light of a thousand stars shining over Kildara Fair. I am the fire of her sacred heart. Imbus flame reviving Nyart. I am the water of her waters that bear fruits of the womb, alchemical air. I am the first drop of morning dew, fires of the mountain igniting anew. I am the blessing of a bright new dawn, love from on high, the exalted one. Is solasorga me agdera on torka? Is ermanal a hagen on va? I am the cloak that stretches horizons, a reminder to all that miracles happen. Dia Gwich. Dia is Murgwich. Dia is Murgwich is Padraig. Dia is Murgwich is Padraig August Breed. Who was born by the light of the rising sun? By whose light did Oam dawn? Who is the bridge between heart, hearth and home? Who inspires the words of the poet? Who ignites the dreact of the druid? Who fuels the strength of the warrior? Is Misha on Bonri and Black? Is Misha on Blahin Bio? Is Misha Bail on Ila Eglonru Gajo? I am the voice of Mother Tongue, sound of her heart calling you home. I am the sweet nectar of mother's love, tenderness of her hands healing touch. Mm -hmm. 
I am the gentle light that guides you, the fiery arrow that carries you, the blazing fire that fuels you. I am she who is goddess. I am she who is saint. I am she who is strength. I am she. I am she. I am she. Is Misha Breed. Thank you for tuning in to the Not Work Storytelling Podcast. Please subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. And do share this episode with other lovers of myth and story. By the way, everyone is a lover of myth and story, even if they've forgotten. Creating this show is a labor of love, and your support will help me continue to craft and share stories through season three and beyond. Please consider becoming a paid subscriber over on Substack, where I'm writing and creating additional audio magic with my newsletter and content hub, Myth is Medicine. You can find out more about my writing, my book, our online creative community, The Heroine's Knot, as well as how to work with me as a coach at marisagowdy.com. Music on the show is by the wonderful Beth Sweeney and Billy Hardy, a Celtic fiddle and multi-instrumental duo based on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. The traditional reel we play at the start of the show is called The College Groves. Find out more about their music and shows at billionbath.com. Gratefully, I live, write, work, and record this podcast on the ancestral lands of the Muncie Lenape tribe, whose name means original people. <laughs>